Hello, and welcome back to the Claim the Stage podcast, episode 98. Yes, I'm going to continue to freak out about that. <laughs> it's so, so weird to think we've recorded 98 episodes. And if you haven't listened yet, and this is your first time coming to the show, the Claim the Stage podcast is a podcast for women who are interested in building their public speaking skills and in a variety of ways through storytelling, through feeling more comfortable and confident on stage, finding power in their voice, and all the different ways that we learn how to use our voice in public. So on today's show, I'm interviewing Travis Thomas, who is an improviser and a public speaker and a trainer and has kind of combined the worlds of improv and public speaking on today's show to talk about how to be normal, not common. And when we first started talking about this subject as the theme of today's show, I was really excited because you hear the word normal all the time and you hear the word like the words, uh, normal is boring. And so we're trained to think like, it's not okay to be like that. We have to be extraordinary and we have to be amazing speakers. And I love the way that Travis reframes everything and really brings us back to no, 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 no. That's not how you do it. And I don't want to spoil it. So I'm not going to tell you much more, but if you haven't been to the show before, as I said, I am Angela Lucier and I'm your host. I'm also an author, speaker, and CEO and founder of the Speaker Sisterhood, which is a network of public speaking clubs for women. And so I'm constantly talking about this subject and I just love speaking and I love what it brings to your life when you feel more comfortable sharing what you have to say in the world. And today's episode is going to give you some different ways to feel less pressure around being a speaker and how to present yourself. And I hope that by the end of the episode, you feel like you can just take a deep breath because it's going to be okay. <laughs> so without further ado, my interview with Travis Thomas. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Claim the Stage podcast, episode 98. I'm here today with Travis Thomas, and we are talking about the subject of being normal, not common. And I'm definitely intrigued by this this topic because the, the word normal has so many connotations, good and bad, and I'm excited for him to talk about what he means by this. But before I do that, let's get into a little bit about who he is. So Travis is a professional public speaker and seasoned improv performer. He has performed in front of thousands of people and trained dozens of organizations like the Chicago Cubs, Boston Red Sox, University of Georgia Football, Gatorade, PepsiCo, and others. Through his years of experience, Travis has learned that trust, vulnerability, and authenticity are vital to success in public speaking and life. Love that. Travis, welcome to the show. Angela, so good to be here. And uh, episode 98, that's very exciting. You're, you're creeping close to the big 100. So uh, uh, in early congratulations. Thank you very much. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm excited to find out a little bit about how you got into this field of public speaking and improv. Yeah, Tell me absolutely. absolutely. So I, I started uh, um, an improvisation just about 20 years ago. And uh, I was, I didn't do any theater growing up. I, uh, I didn't do it in high school. I didn't do it in college. But, uh, you know, I, I grew up sort of in the 80s where, where kids started getting the, the, uh, or the video cameras, but they weren't like the easy handheld ones. They were the big clunky ones. <laughs> you had to put on your shoulder. <laughs> yes, exactly. And there was like the thing that you had to carry with it, you know. Uh, <laughs> it was big and clunky. But, you know, um, besides playing sports with all my friends growing up, we we would make really bad 
parody cheesy videos and uh, horror films. And uh, uh, so I was a total cheese ball growing up, but I, I never did anything theatrical. And it wasn't until uh, I graduated from college, um, you know, I played sports in college and I did a little coaching after college, but uh, I got married. My wife and I moved to Boston and we were working. We both had professional jobs. You know, we were doing that. This is what we're supposed to be doing thing. And um, I went to an improv show at a theater in Boston that had just opened. And it was one of those moments where uh, I looked at my wife. I said, I need to do that. Like, I need to learn how they do that. And I signed up for the training center the next Monday, which took me through like six levels of improvisation over the next year and a half. And and uh, was was fortunate enough to audition and make one of their casts and then work my way up to eventually the main stage cast uh, there uh, at Improv Asylum in Boston. And then uh, after a few years doing that, my wife and I decided to move to Florida. And um, uh, there, there's a lot of details in between, but for 14 years now, me and two other guys have been, um, uh, we've had a group down here in South Florida called the Jove Comedy Experience. And, and uh, so we do the show about once a month. And um, in, in addition to sort of my work being improv based, uh, but it keeps me on my toes. I love it. Uh, it has a lot to do with my public speaking, but uh, it's, it's just still a thrill and a lot of fun uh, to get on stage and to create something out of nothing with somebody. So that's, that's a real thrill. I love that. Do you think that public speakers should also learn improv? Absolutely. To, yeah, I totally agree. <laughs> 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 Absolutely. Uh, and even if it's just go find, the, uh, go find a, uh, an improv theater in your area, uh, take at least a level one improv class because that level one improv class is going to uh, give you the principles, really the foundation of improvisation. Um, and you're going to, once you understand those principles as a public speaker, it is going to help you in every situation, including again, just that foundation of yes and, of how to uh, apply yes and, uh, which is the foundation of improvisation. And the reason I call my company Live Yes And, which is how do we apply that idea of acceptance and collaboration or acceptance and building. The yes is acceptance. The and is how do we build off of that idea? And that's how all improv happens. And so that's obviously my work is helping, is helping teams and companies and individuals apply that to their life. But as far as a speaker, it's interesting. I was just doing a workshop um, with some football coaches last week. And, you know, I had about, you know, it was like an hour and a half presentation and I had a PowerPoint set up and I often use my PowerPoint as sort of my, it's my bullet points because I'll, I'll hit a slide and without using a script, I'll just go, okay, this is, this is that idea and I know how to talk about that idea. Or I'll have a couple of videos embedded in and the PowerPoint wasn't working. And, you know, it's one of those things where it's like, okay, I've got 90 minutes. I don't have my PowerPoint. There's a couple of videos I was counting on. So that's not a possibility. And so you, you know, that, that ability improvisationally just to be able to say, okay, um, I need to keep rolling. This still needs to be good. And I think it just gives you a confidence to be able to, to be able to roll with all of the unforeseen things that happen for public speakers. There's very few times you walk into a situation as a public speaker and everything goes exactly the way you thought it was going to go. Like, oh, I didn't know there was going to be a stage that small. I didn't know the microphone wasn't wireless. I didn't. Yeah. So you just that ability just to go, okay, uh, I can deal with this, I think is a, is a huge skill. 
Yeah, that is such a great point. I, I often talk about Murphy's Law, like when I'm training new speakers, just expect yes. that whatever can go wrong will go wrong. <laughs> and, just be right, right. and when it doesn't, just be really pleasantly shocked. Go, wow, that was awesome. Yeah. Yes. We, before we uh, go on, I want to just say hi to everyone watching on Facebook right now. And if you have a question, definitely post it in the comment box and I will get to it by the end of uh, our conversation. So before we, we go, I want to, or before we continue, I want to go into this topic of being normal. And the, mm -hmm. the title of today's show is To Be Normal, Not Common. And so I want to know, what is your definition of normal? Yeah, absolutely. You know, I think that probably surprises a few people, this idea of being normal. Uh, but I think we have to look at that other word, common, which is what we're really sort of weighing it against. And when we think of common, common is is sort of kind of what everyone, it's sort of the general population or um, what uh, everyone sort of uh, agrees with. And if, if your message is common, it's sort of going to get lost in uh, sort of lost in the masses. Uh, the idea of being normal, what I like about normal to me is that there really is no such thing as normal. <laughs> when someone says, oh, I just want to be normal, there really is no such thing as normal. What they're really saying is I want to be common. I want to be common so that I don't stand out. So when we're actually normal, to me, when we are being normal individually, we're actually being authentic. And to me, sort of, and normal is going to be different for each of us. And I think that's sort of the, the trick in the phrase there. And so my normal is different than your normal, which is different than everybody else's normal. And that's what makes me authentic. I think the more we embrace our quote unquote, our quote unquote individual normalcy, which really means uh, embracing our individual authenticity instead of trying to fit in or be like others. It's especially as a public speaker, you've got to be able to embrace what makes you unique and different and interesting uh, and have that be your normal. Instead of looking at another speaker and going, oh, I, uh, I, I want to, I wish I was more like him or I wish I was more like her. And yeah, you can take elements of, uh, of what another speaker does and, and use that as a way to improve your message. But at, at your core, as far as who you are and what you're about, what is normal to you, to me, means uh, you being sort of your true authentic self as a speaker. I like to use sort of the, the acronym of YES, right? When you're living your YES. I, I, to me is your excellent self and so when you are living your excellent self your own individual yes that's normal for you because it's your authentic self it's going to be really uh uncommon to someone else and so don't try to be like anybody else be the best version of yourself i think that takes a lot of the pressure off of trying to figure out who your authentic self is which feels when when i say it and when i think about it it seems like it's somewhere out there like i have to go find my authentic self but when you say just be normal be yourself it feels like it's more in here like it's more inside and it's just there already and there's yeah. no journey to take it's like just settle into the person you are this very right. second <laughs> yeah you're exactly right yeah it, it, it's it, if you think Think it is out there, right? You're you're going to go on that journey, which will eventually eventually lead you back to oh, it's been inside me all along. Was, was it the Wizard of Oz, uh, the Alchemist, right? Any of these great stories? It's like oh, it was in me all along. And so for me, I like to use um, uh, one of the words I use a lot is purpose. And uh, again, that can that can intimidate a lot of people to go oh, I have to know what my purpose is. And yeah. pur purpose to me isn't. Uh, it's, it's not understanding what is the thing I'm supposed to be doing. Purpose to me is just understanding what is the, what is the inspiration or motivation that inspires me to want to do everything that I do. 
And so what I do is almost irrelevant compared to understanding what my why is. You know, Simon Sinek talks about your why. Your why to me is your purpose. And so if you get excited with the opportunity to, to get, on sp- get on stage and inspire people, and then you ask yourself, well, what is it about what is it that you want to inspire people? I want to inspire people just to, you know, for me, it's just to um, uh, embrace the best version of themselves. Okay, great. Well, well, that's sort of your purpose. So let your, let your authenticity come from that place. But it's not out there. It, it, it's, it's totally inside of you. And I think uh, the, the more clear we get understanding what is important to us and what is meaningful to us, that to me really sort of articulates your purpose. And if, if we, if we, it, it's the difference between you saying, Hey, Travis, can you talk, you know, for five minutes on aerodynamics? And I, uh, okay, I could talk about aerodynamics, but if you're like, Travis, can you talk about five minutes about improvisation and living with purpose? I'm going to be lit with energy, right? So when we, when we, as a speaker, when we speak about things and we have a message that we want to share with people that motivates and inspires us, that's going to bring out our true authentic voice. I love that. And again, you've simplified it and made it feel less scary and less pressure to go on the lifelong search of what's my purpose and instead just identifying a feeling or identifying that, that, that why. And I like this. This is really <laughs> taking a lot of pressure off some of these big things. Good. Hopefully. Yeah. The same thing. And you know, I, cause again, you know, being a speaker, you know, people will ask me speaking advice all the time and, and, um, there's obviously there's a difference you as a speaker you want to be as polished as possible and you know you want because you know the 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 cleaner your delivery the the more impactful your message is going to be but i think a lot of speakers put a lot of undue pressure on themselves to feel like they have to come across really slick and really you know um charismatic and uh and that's where i think people get tripped up and i think um, for me, I don't know about uh, the rest of you, but I really connect with a speaker when I, when I feel like they're being authentic and I don't really care if they're saying ums or uhs, or if they've got their head down or if they're, you know, if they, if they trip on a few words that doesn't bother me. But when I connect with their true passion or their true, uh, motivation for why they do what they do, and you can feel it coming out of them, not even necessarily in a, in a high energy way, but in a meaningful way that's what is engaging to me compared to someone who is on stage and you can tell that they're just confident and they can just deliver really. But if, if I don't believe that they believe in what they're talking about, uh, you know, I'm just really not engaged in the message. Yeah. So I have an interesting question. I run public speaking clubs for women. So I get to see women at various stages of development sometimes giving their first speech ever, sometimes giving their 100th. And I notice that the women who are more afraid and feel a lot of that, like um, they're hot and they're sweating and they're nervous yeah. and they're shaking, they're unable to access their authenticity at that point because they're just trying to not die. Yeah. <laughs> right, <laughs> so right. It seems like quite a stretch. Yeah. And then as they get more comfortable and the nerves start to go away, they're able to be a little bit more themselves. Mm-hmm. I'm wondering if you have any hacks or if you have any tips for how to be authentic while you're still in that fear stage. Yeah, that's a great question. I think it's a really great question. I think, you know, I think it, it, it's the difference between you know, there, there's this stigma with public speaking, which means I have to go up there and uh, sort of inspire you or convince you of my message. But if I told you, hey, will you just walk up on stage and will you, you know, for example, 
Will you tell us your story about um, how you got cancer and, and, and how you beat it and what, and what you went through? Can you just go up on stage and, and, and tell us about that experience? And, and that ability to go up on stage and just literally tell a personal story, not be a public speaker, just go up on stage and tell that, tell that personal story. Well, that, that, that's, that's two very different things. It's the same thing. But when we, when we frame it differently is I don't need you to go up on stage and, and uh, present to the audience. But can you go up on stage and, and uh, if you're comfortable, can you tell that really uh, personal and meaningful story to us? And that I think, again, it takes away that pressure of it's got to be well-crafted and it's got to, you know, no, just go up there and tell that story. And I guarantee that's going to be much more meaningful than a lot of well-crafted presentations um, because it's going, to, it's going to have that vulnerability. It's going to have that honesty and it's going to have that authenticity. And, um, you know, there, there, there still are stories that I will tell. Uh, in my presentations that um, as I start to tell the story, and, and most of the stories aren't my own, they're experiences that I've had with other people. And um, I still get choked up telling those stories on stage, even though I've told those stories, some of these stories dozens of times. Um, but as I just, again, I, I connect, I reconnect with the story and the experience instead of worrying about the audience who's listening. And I'm right back in to feeling it genuinely myself. And so I think when we allow ourselves to go up on that vulnerability, when we allow ourselves to go up on stage and be vulnerable enough to feel, to feel the, um, the true nature of, of our emotions and what that experience meant to us and then just verbalize that, I think that's what connects with people. Yeah. So you're saying change the intention, change the expectation, and it goes from perfection to connection, I think. Absolutely. You just put it a lot better than I did, Angela. <laughs> uh, and I love, yes, uh, uh, change the expectation, right? The expectation is not to, um, you know, it can't be worried about what the audience is going to think as much as it is. I'm going to share something that's very uh, meaningful to me. And if uh, if it connects with you, great. But at the end of the day, it's, it's, it's meaningful to me. I love that. So one of the things people often say is that you should stand out, do things to stand out as a speaker, get yourself noticed, and that normal is boring. And I know in, in the context of our conversation, we're, we're redefining normal as authentic. Yeah. What do you think about that concept of having to do things to stand out and that normal is boring? Yeah, I mean, I, I think that idea comes from uh, the, you know, uh, to talk about normal is boring. Normal is boring if, if you don't have a message that uh, is unique or authentic, you know. And so for me, it's, it's uh, uh, for, for each of us, whoever, whoever the public speaker is, you know, the first question for me is, well, what, what's your story and what's your message? What is that idea? What is that story that you feel is so important that you need to share with others? And uh, what, what value do you see in your story or your idea that, uh, that you feel is going to resonate with others? And I think if we, if we can pin that down, if, if, and here's the beautiful thing is that each of us has an authentic story to tell. And are we really clear on for each of us uh, individually what our, what our unique story is? And so I think when someone feels like, yes, I have an idea and I believe it's going to be meaningful for others, it's really honing in on what that idea is or what my story is and getting really, really clear, really good 
um, one of my one of my friends who's an amazing speaker, his name's John O'Leary, uh, probably one of the top ten speakers in the country. Uh, he's got a best-selling book called On Fire. I've seen John speak dozens of times. I've seen all of his videos, and he has done an amazing job in taking the really really powerful um, uh, stories from his life and really connecting with them in an interesting way where he's been able to to take an experience from his life and really use it to bring out so many powerful ideas. He's not out there um, you know, trying to recreate new ideas. He's, he's, he's so clear on experience that he keeps going back to his own life experience and new concepts to share with others. And with with our own message uh, and our own story, um, just helps you know that helps us from sort of being boring and common into being sort of unique. And so you know, I, w- I would ask a speaker, sort of, what what do you feel? What is the niche of your story or the niche of your message? And so you know, for me, it's it's been able to use the impression um, piece, and when I speak you know, um, all of my presentations have improvisation built into it. It's going to be audience participation. I'm going to bring people up on stage. And so I'm going to be able to demonstrate improvisation with the people that I'm presenting to, but it's also weaving it into what is unique and authentic about my personal life and my story. And, uh, and again, making it personal. I always say you can't, you can't invalidate anybody's experience. And so, all of us, you know, everything that each of us has experienced is, uh, it's valid because we've experienced it. And so no one can invalidate our message. They don't necessarily have to agree with it, but they can't invalidate it. So the, the better we become at telling our story, uh, I think the more, um, the more uncommon we will become. Yeah. And I totally agree with the power of story and using that as a way to connect and also give advice and inspire people. And when I talk to mostly newer speakers, they often say, well, my, yeah, my life is boring. I haven't done anything interesting. I've been working this 40 hour a week job for 20 years and I haven't written a book. I haven't traveled across the world. And I often think, well, even just the day-to-day things that happen to you can be interesting and there can be yeah. little insights in there. And I'm wondering if you have a couple tips that will help people to find those nuggets in their life and then be able to pull them out and tell a story about them. Sure. You know, it, it's interesting. I think, um, uh, I think I always had a desire to, to want to be a public speaker. And it's funny, I can remember uh, starting improvisation 20 years ago and, um, and having a conversation with one of my, my castmates and, and I, I told her like, yeah, I really think I want to do the speaking thing. And she said, well, what do you want to talk about? And I was like, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) And and that was 20 years ago. And I just didn't know. I knew that I, you know, going back to purpose, I knew my, my purpose was I wanted to inspire and motivate people, but no, there wasn't a part of my life at that point, which felt like it would be inspiring and motivating to many people. And so, you know, I think a, a lot of times if we want to inspire, motivate, or whatever our, whatever our message is, we, we sort of need to get out there and live. We need to go out there and have some experiences. And once we start having some experiences, undoubtedly, we are going to start having some, um, uh, some learning. And uh, it's, it's, it's as we live, we, uh, things happen which we can never control, and that becomes our story. 
right? We thought we were going to do one thing and we completely went in a different direction. And wow, now that's a part of your story. And so my whole story 20 years ago of not knowing what my story was going to be 20 years later has been a really crazy path and crazy journey to get here and not always realizing it at the time, but all of the things that I was struggling with and all of the questions and all of the adversity and all of the uncertainty and all the time that I, I was zigging when I thought I was supposed to be zagging and I didn't know what was going to happen next. I didn't know at the time that, that wow, that's actually going to be key points in your story, but you've got to go through them and you have to live them and, um, and, and then be able to look back and connect the dots, right? So it's always easier to connect the dots when we look back. Um, so, I mean, the, the easiest advice for anybody is, um, is go out there and have experiences. Uh, and I would, I would say the second thing for anybody in, in the speaking realm is what, what are those things that you're really passionate about and um, how much of an expert are you in those fields right now? And if that's something that you want to be able to speak about uh, as an expert intelligently, you need to dive into them. And, uh, and there will always be opportunities to, to share that message uh, on small stages or big stages along the way. But, um, you know, find that part of your life or find that, that field that, that really uh, uh, that inspires you and just dig into it. And the opportunities will come, right? The opportunities will come as we dig into the thing that we really care about. Yeah, I totally agree. And what kind of mistakes do you see speakers make when it comes to sharing their story or trying to build their topic or area of expertise? Yeah, I mean, uh, a couple that come to mind, uh, I guess the, the main one that comes to mind is often, and I think I sort of hit on it earlier, is uh, when I see speakers who just try to be too slick. And you, I get the sense of that it's almost too polished where I, I feel like as an observer and maybe as a speaker thing, I feel like I am sort of critiquing the, uh, uh, the presentation in, instead of the message. And uh, I, was, I was at a talk uh, pretty recently uh, where I, I spoke with a few different um, speakers and the speaker was fantastic. And you could tell he's been doing this for a long time, but I almost got the sense of like, you're a little bit too good. You're a little bit too good. Where, where, where now I'm questioning, is this authentic or not? Mm. And, and I remember um, the speaker sharing a story uh, to kick off the talk. And, and the story, in my opinion, could have been told powerfully in like five minutes. And it was strung out to like 20 minutes. And it was very theatrical. And it was very big. And, it was, and, and I just remember thinking like, wow. Um, cause later on he told a shorter story, which felt much more honest and authentic. And I remember how that one hit me compared to, and so I, I think again, this idea, some of the, some of the most powerful talks I've heard, uh, whether it's on Ted or in person was when I really didn't think the speaker was that great of a speaker, but I really fell in love with their love for what they were passionate about. And, um, and that's what's, you know, it's sort of, it's where, where heart to heart meets. And, um, so yeah, again, and so just this idea of for a speaker to feel like you've, you've got to be so, so charismatic and so witty and so, and so polished and you have to look like that'll come, that will come. The, the confidence will come the more you speak and there is no substitute for experience and uh, you will just get more confident as you get your reps. But 
as far as this pressure of feeling like you've got to be really slick and wit, uh, slick and witty is don't worry about that. Just keep your focus on, um, uh, sort of being authentic. And I think, I think that'll help. Yeah. I feel like if I'm in the audience and I leave the a speech, um, and I feel like I have no idea who that person was, who was on stage that whole time, that that mm-hmm. was ineffective. But if I leave the room feeling like I want to be that person's best friend, then they did a good job because they've made that connection happen. Yeah. If you guys get a chance, there's a, uh, ESPN has a great, uh, their 30 for 30 documentaries. This one's a few years old. Uh, it's called Unguarded uh, on ESPN 30 for 30. It's, a, it's the story about Chris Heron, who was a basketball guard who uh, battled with um, uh, addiction, uh, which ended his career and almost ended his life numerous times. And so the documentary is done in a way where they, you could tell they just followed him around to five or six different talks that he gave. And they use that as sort of the, the basis for the documentary and then splice in all the interviews and things like that. What I was so, I just watched this with my wife and son the other day. What I was so impressed with was how much I uh, was drawn to Chris as a speaker. And he's a very, he's a very quiet, soft-spoken guy, but there, and again, when I think about authenticity, there's such a, there's such a humility and a, but a confidence that comes through in his speaking. And so for me as a speaker, I was watching that going, wow, I'm really drawn to him and his message. And there was nothing slick about his, his delivery. It was just, it was very honest and vulnerable. Uh, but yet there's a sense of, you know, humility and confidence to it. And so uh, it, was, it was a good case study for me to, yeah. uh, to see a good example. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it can work in so many different ways if you're doing it from the heart and authentically. If you could give just one piece of advice to everyone listening today, what would you tell them to do? One piece of advice uh, as far as um, uh, sort of getting started speaking wise is uh, just, just that idea is, uh, speak, is speak from the heart. So my, my three pillars for my message are purpose, authenticity, which leads to collaboration. And so when I teach improvisation or when I work with organizations and things like that, you know, obviously I've talked a lot about that, that purpose piece. Um, but uh, I think the honesty, the honesty piece is so important because it opens up sort of our vulnerability. I think from a leadership standpoint, from a speaker standpoint, it, when we can, when we can step on stage and, and share, share an honest, vulnerable story about ourselves, it immediately creates a connection between us and the audience because now they feel that they can trust us. And, and so, you know, some speakers want to stay away from appearing vulnerable. And uh, I, I think, again, this is what we've been talking about a lot. I think the more vulnerable we allow ourselves to be on stage, uh, the more the audience is going to, to trust us and want to connect with us. Now, that doesn't mean going on stage with your diary and just reading through every, you know, horrible, <laughs> pathetic, you know, and just, and just bawling on stage and being a mess. Yeah. Um, so you might, you know, if, if there is that meaningful story that you have a hard time getting through right now, um, I would work on it. Uh, let the emotion be there. But obviously, your, your talk is troublesome if you can't get through it. Uh, <laughs> but... <laughs> Like my, uh, I had a talk like that once back in college, but I wasn't a speaker then. Um, so, uh, so yeah, but I, I, I think, and again, and hopefully, hopefully this helps, um, with speakers is it, it doesn't, it's not this big thing out there that they've got to go find or master it. It's, um, what is meaningful to you? 
share that, share what's, share what's meaningful to you. And I might not care about it, but you're going to make me care about it because you care about it so deeply. Yes. That's the nugget right there. All right. I have some lightning round questions. I ask every guest and I want to invite everyone on Facebook. If you have questions for Travis, write them in the comment box now and I'll get to them right at the end. So the first question in lightning round, if you were given an extra $100 per week, what would you do with it? Of kindness. Uh, I, I started a, a thing, which stands for Random Acts of Kindness Friday, uh, the day after Thanksgiving. Uh, instead of Black Friday, we're trying to change it into Rack Friday. So instead of spending hours at the malls, we go out and we do as many of Random Acts of Kindness as possible. So I would take those $100 each week and I would go out and just do as many Random Acts of Kindness as possible. Oh, can you give an example or two of what you might do? Oh, yeah. Uh, so, I mean, one of my, one of the, And uh, so as they pull up to the window, they the car just bought you and you just, it's fun to see the reaction of the people behind you. Um, uh, we, uh, my wife and I will put together like fun, um, like almost kind of like little gift bags or and things like that. And when we see a homeless person on the corner on the street or something, give them this bag, which might have some toiletries. It might have some essentials, but it might also have a gift card and some cash and things like that in there. Um, going into laundromats and uh, filling all the machines with quarters. Uh, going into the dollar store and taping dollars all over the stores for people to find the dollars and be able to use them. So, uh, uh, yeah, fun, cool, little creative things like that. I love that. Number two, what is your favorite word and what does it taste like? (laughs) (laughs) Wow. All right. Favorite word. That's so tough. Uh, you know, it's gotta be be a word that almost, you know, this is crazy. The word that's coming to my mind is scissors. 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 What it tastes like? It tastes sharp. It's sharp. A lot of bite. You know, scissors is one of those words that it 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 sounds the way that it's used, right? When you think about it, it's scissors, right? You know, scissors is a is a cutting word, right? Yeah. And so I, it's one of those. It rolls off your tongue really well, and you look at scissors, and you go, "Yes, of course, those are scissors because that's what they do. They scissor." So <laughs> scissors, and it tastes really metally and sharp. <laughs> like sharp cheddar or yeah, a sharp cheddar yes <laughs> <Okay>. yes <laughs> number three what does it mean to you to claim the stage oh to claim the stage humble confidence mm. humble confidence it's 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 a it's a, those are two words I've, I've i've been thinking and using a lot recently this idea of humble confidence i think about that in regards to leadership but i also think about that uh, being able to take the stage and have a real clear sense of, of humility about who you are and what you're about, uh, but to be able to stand in that confidence. And I think to be able to stand on a stage for, for any speaker and to know that what I have to share is valuable. I'm not saying I'm the most important person in the room, uh, but what I have to share is valuable and it's going to be valuable for everyone to hear this message. And so to be able to claim the stage with that confidence um, and having it, having it grounded with humility. So I just love the idea of, uh, of humble, confidence, humble confidence. Awesome. We have a question from Facebook. Uh, Denise Rosella is asking, how can we help new speakers to become comfortable with vulnerability? Yeah, to, to get comfortable with vulnerability. <clears throat> Well, I would say the first thing is, uh, uh, you know, the stage doesn't have to be a confessional, right? It doesn't have to be a place where you're going to take your deep, deepest, darkest secrets and go up on stage and now have to share them for a public audience. Uh, but vulnerability, 
uh, each of us can think of, of, of different aspects of our life, either something that we did today or that we did years ago that was difficult for us to go through. Maybe we failed, maybe we screwed up, but we learned a lot from it. And so when you think about public speaking, isn't that what public speaking is most of the time is, is taking an experience that we went through and was probably tough, but, but there was a deep sense of learning that we experienced through it. And so for any speaker, you know, think about what, what are one of those examples in your life where you went through something very difficult and you came out on the other side, it might've been painful, but you came out on the, uh, on the other side, a better person. What story is that for you? Can you stand up on stage and share that story where maybe you're still not going through that pain, but you've went through that pain and now you can share it in a way where you can claim a sense of, uh, of um, sort of triumph over it. And instead of maybe sharing something where it's possibly still painful and you're still going through it. Uh, and so, yeah, so then we can, we can be vulnerable with a part of our life that was very difficult, but we're, you know, quote unquote, on the other side of it. And, and now we can share it as, um, as a learning or as an inspiration to somebody else. Awesome. Thank you. And thanks for your question, Denise. So Travis, before we go, is there anything you'd like to promote or share with my audience? Oh, wow. That's really nice. Well, uh, I mean, my website is liveyesand.com. Um, and, uh, on social media, I'm pretty much on everything except Snapchat. I'm just not young enough. Uh, <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, my, my daughter reminds me all the time. My 16 year old reminds me all the time. Um, I'm at, I'm at Livia Sand. Uh, apparently I do Instagram wrong according to my daughter, uh, but at Livia Sand. And I do have a book, uh, which I, I, you know, would be helpful. I think for, for public speakers, it's called three words for getting unstuck, uh, Livia Sand. And so uh, it's sort of 10 ideas, 10 principles that sort of are improv, quote unquote, uh, personal development based. And so these are improv, these are principles that I learned as an improviser and have, have tried to use those sort of in my everyday life and have helped teams and, and companies do that. And for me, I know these are ideas that help any of us when we're feeling stuck in one aspect of our life. And so that book is on Amazon or you can find a link uh, on my website as well. Excellent. Well, Travis, thanks so much for coming on the show today and helping us to redefine normal and common and to just feel more comfortable with being who we are on stage and not trying to be anything else. I appreciate that, Angela. Thanks so much. And again, just a reminder, normal, uh, normal doesn't mean boring. It just means uh, unique and authentic. So uh, thanks so much for the time and, and hello to everyone on Facebook. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for everyone for watching. All right. I hope you enjoyed that conversation. I hope your shoulders are a little less tense and I hope that you took some nuggets away that will help you to feel like you got this right now, just as you are. Nope. No, no more work to do on that. Just show up as you because that's what the world wants. And I really appreciate you listening. If you enjoyed today's episode and you got value from it, please take a moment to leave a rating and review on iTunes. It just takes... 30 seconds or a minute and it helps more people to find the show i want to thank you for tuning in and if you have any ideas for upcoming guests or topics feel free to email me anytime would love your feedback or really it's just great to hear from you you can email me at angela at speakersisterhood.com so that does it for this week my friends thanks again for being here with me and as always stop waiting start creating i'll see you next time